There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve and tonight we'll be discussing episode one of hopefully season one of Vagrant Queen. We are coming to you from quarantine. Yes. (laughs) Fortunately, that's the one thing this disease cannot stop. Podcasters. Yes. (laughs) Well, it can stop some new ones. Come on, guys. No no more competing, please. No, I'm kidding. And it can't stop the awesomeness that is a new show that's been in the can for a while. So we're good. I think we're good. Fingers crossed. I don't know if you had any any news. I know a lot of shows are on hiatus right now. Yes. A lot yeah, of times. I know Winona Earp been shut down, and I think that's the only one on sci-fi that's being delayed at, that I know of. I think Resident Alien is probably already complete in their filming and post-production. This one, I know we have a couple episodes at least, so. Yeah. Fingers crossed, we're going to keep going. So everybody out there, we do want to say to you, thank you for listening to us during all this insanity, and we hope you are staying safe and you're well. Yes. So let's jump into this new show that hopefully will go for a while, because it seems really fun. Yeah. All right. The synopsis of Vagrant Queen. Former child queen Alita has been on the run since her mother was shot and killed by Commander Lazaro, the man responsible for bringing down their empire. A highly skilled fighter, Alita has been living in hiding and making ends meet as a scavenger while the unhinged Lazaro obsesses over tracking her down. When Alita's old frenemy, Isaac, shows up with news that her mother is still alive, it takes the help of an optimistic mechanic, Ame, to escape Lazaro's army and begin the rescue mission across a dangerous galaxy. To save her mother, the team must break into the heavily guarded region of space where Alita once ruled, but an encounter with the group loyal to her former throne forces Alita to face her past as a child queen. Cannibalistic aliens, dangerous planets, shootouts, karaoke, and parking tickets complicate the journey further, and they don't have long before the increasingly deranged Lazaro catches up to them. So I want to say... That's the series synopsis. We even get a episode synopsis that's a little better than we normally get from sci-fi. Yes, it actually was. <laughs> so I think maybe they were just trolling us with magicians. But episode one, a royal ass kicking. When former queen comes face to face with her old nemesis, a former friend comes to her rescue and delivers some life-changing news. That is honestly better than anything we've gotten on sci-fi before. So Yes, especially the magicians. Yes. And Helsing and <laughs> We won't talk about some of the other ones, too. They've, they've been even worse. Let's talk a little bit about the cast. Okay. So we have Alita, 
the former queen turned scavenger who's been on the run since she was a child and her throne was stolen from her. So apparently this young lady, and I'm going to screw up her name because I always screw up names. You guys know this by now if you've listened to me. Just because of spelling, I'm thinking it's Adrienne Ray, is a triple threat singer, actress, and model. And apparently is really trying to find a way to distinguish herself by being completely awesome like this. I'm wondering, just randomly, if she did her own stunts in this too. Wouldn't surprise me. She'd be like a quadruple threat. Yeah. Let me see. She recently starred in the horror thriller series Light as a Feather and had guest starred on various shows, including Atlanta, American Soul, and Star. On the big screen, she's had roles in Superfly with Jennifer Morrison, Trevor Jackson, and Michael Kenneth Williams, and Burning Sands, along with Alfre Woodard and Trevante Rhodes. She can next be seen in the indie film Welcome Matt, opposite Taj Mahri and Dion Cole. So... She's had a lot of stuff, pretty big. I mean, I don't know how big her roles were in them, but pretty big shows. Yes. And she now seems she's to be an amazing it. person, too. Oh, my gosh. So far, what I've seen of her, I'm like, I want to be like BFFs with her. She just seems so awesome. She's so snarky. And it's probably just written that way, but I love it. Yes, we do need our snarky. Yes. Apparently, yes, she is super amazing in multiple ways because she also has two bachelor's degrees, one in physician assistant studies and the other in medical laboratory science. So yeah, not exactly a a slacker. No, raised by a single mom. (laughs) Yeah. Mom was like, all right, you're going to get everything. Yep. Anything you want. All your degrees. (laughs) And wow. I mean, this is amazing that she's been able to do that. And then she was also classically trained in theater and has extensively trained in comedy, improv, and TV and film acting. So I think we're going to have an incredible season with this woman as the lead. Yes. And And hopefully she'll be in a whole lot more things. Would you like to talk about our next charming little friend? (laughs) Yes. Isaac is a charming deadbeat Canadian. Isaac was... Yeah. Isaac was accidentally catapulted to the galaxy five years ago and has been living as a scavenger desperate enough to make enough cash to buy his way home. Now, I do want to say they had that multiple times in this episode. Oh, yeah. Like in a galaxy, not yours. Yes. (laughs) And when they mentioned Canada and everything, and she at some point tells him nobody knows how to get there. Right. I'm like, okay, hold on, rewind. <laughs> so that I thought was really interesting. But before I dive all headlong into that, yeah, a little let's far- talk about Isaac. Yeah, a little Farscape vibe there. Yeah. Well, Isaac is played by the one and only Tim Rosen, who is best known for his role as fan favorite Doc Holliday in sci-fi's Winona Earp. And you can tell I so wrote that. <laughs> He is so nice. I met him. He's awesome. He looks so weird, though, without the mustache. Like, totally got used to him with a mustache. Yes. And he's made guest appearances on many hit shows made in Canada over the last decade, including Rookie Blue, Flashpoint, The Listener, Heartland, Combat Hospital, Lost Girl, Being Human, and 19-2. He's also been on Shit's Creek as much shit. (laughs) (laughs) That just doesn't sound right. I know. And Alex played Alex Kane on Befriend and Betray. And he's won uh, 
a Gemini Award for his performance on Flashpoint, and received as a nomination for his role in Befriend and Betray. We all love Tim Rosen, and he's got a little doc in him in this series. <laughs> yes, he does. Now, I'm just wondering if he becomes a regular, because officially they haven't said he's a regular. Right. What that means for Winona, but Winona, it's the last season, so I'm guessing, I think it's the last season, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm guessing, like, maybe there wasn't, previously wasn't scheduling problems. Right. I don't know about any more, but that's a whole other story. Let's talk about Ame. She's a skilled mechanic and pilot with an intelligent and caring soul who's always looking out for the little guy. She is played by Alex McGregor, best known for her role as Karma Magneto in sci-fi's Blood Drive, which was that one show that Steve and I were on the fence about watching. Right. Um, additional leading roles include South include South African feature film Impunity. <laughs> I'm not doing good. The Game Changers alongside Daniel Radcliffe, German miniseries Cape Town, and biblical drama of Kings and Prophets. She's also seen in international films The Dark Tower. Wait, like The Dark Tower? Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I did not get to see that. But I'm sorry, playing Susan Delgado, the love interest to Idris Elba's gunslinger. Oh, my God. She got to have seeds with Idris Elba. Yep. I'm so jealous of her right now. <laughs> Additional film credits. and <laughs> I can't even talk because I'm like, Idris Elba. Additional film credits include Bud the Move, Bud the Madness Continues, Spud Learning to Fly. What? That was it. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll House party. Do a IMDb search on those. <laughs> Sophia Grace and Rosie's Royal Adventure and Young Ones. All right. I'm guessing these are, are really kind of uh, local films. I don't yeah, know. I've I'm never thinking heard of that's, them. Yeah, they're probably South African films. Apparently, she has had a hunger to perform. At the age of six, she became the first child model and face of an entire children's division at Storm Models Agency and went to book her first commercial and signed with a top acting agency when she was eight. Okay, I don't know about you, but I'm really feeling like an underachiever right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and of course, let's really rub this in, Sean. At the age of 11, she landed her first TV role in the Canadian series, Charlie Jade. Yeah, where am I? I'm not on TV. That's where I am. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Commander Lazaro is a ruthless and power hungry. He's been hunting Alita for 15 years with his anger towards the monarchy fueling him. This guy is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he's played by Paul Detroit. And he became a household name to South African television audiences after playing Milan Koister for nine seasons on Binelanders. He's also co-hosted and co-produced Rough or Soft through his production company Fanalango Films and currently presents Con Oms Camp. And he has several film credits, which probably are all South African films. And he's also has a very colorful theater background as he played Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Really? Yes, garnering him an Adelde nomination for Best Performance in a Musical. 
That is so weird when you see a character like a certain way. Yeah. And then you find out they've done something like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right. (laughs) Really? Okay. So we have two South Africans, a Canadian, and an American in this cast. (laughs) And I just want to say, when I was talking about Tim Rosen, I know he's got like the beard and mustache, but it's weird not seeing him with just a like a big fat mustache. Right. So he looks so different. And I've the actually way seen him without any makes, facial hair too, which really looks weird. But. Right. And the way he makes his entrance into this episode with the cloak and <laughs> over Oh my his god. Head. <laughs> I he mean, is they so funny. threw all kinds of uh, little Easter egg throwback. Did you catch this? <laughs> type yes. of stuff. Okay. So in the beginning, like when we have the credits rolling right. for this, I had a very Killjoys feel. Yes. And I believe Vagrant Queen came from a graphic novel, correct? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I'm glad they kind of had that feel. And, I mean, the opening scene, I was like, wait a second. Like, that voice sounded really familiar for the one alien. Yeah. Now, IMDb does not have anything. No, it won't until after the episode's played. (laughs) So, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on who I think it is. But yeah, the uh, back and forth, I shouldn't laugh. The back and forth with these aliens. The one, by the way, the, the like skinny one, I thought it was Camille Nanjiani. I always say his name wrong. Right. And I really want to know if that's him. <laughs> but when he's like, oh, I know you were at karaoke, right? And she's like, what? Do I look like a karaoke? Which I thought was hilarious because... You kind of get that from a whole lot of people anyway. But even when everything was happening and the fight ensued, she still had that sense of humor. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, they're not taking this super serious and like, oh, my gosh, they have to kill somebody. So I was liking that. Right. And then as everything progressed with Alita, I felt like she always had that like little bit of sense of humor, even if she was using it as like a shield. I agree. So yep. I like how they were writing writing her that way. I mean, what do you think? Oh, yeah. This is definitely, let's call it a space dramedy. Okay. There was a lot of humor in this episode. A lot of laugh out loud moments. So it's not space balls, even though there was a callback to that too. Nim. There's so many callbacks <laughs> in this. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. And, and this is just one episode. But, I mean, obviously, we're trying to feel out to see who Alita is. Right. And, yeah, that's what I'm feeling right now. Like, obviously, she can take care of herself, but she has friends because she's not a jerk about everything. That's what we I felt we seen when she was on the space station. Right. Oh, absolutely. And then when she happens to encounter the, the loyalists, it's like, no, I don't want to be your queen. Oh, my God. And that I thought was hilarious because the one loyalist who didn't look anything like her right. it was like, no, you can create an heir and you can do this. She's like, do you whoa, hear whoa, whoa, crazy? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great because, OK, you have somebody who has a ship and they, they have an army for you. And you're like, no, I need to help my friend. So it was a little surprising because I wasn't sure what we were going going to get from her exactly. Right. And how over the top things might have gotten with these loyalists there. But I, I like that she seems to be not just out for herself. Right. Or it could have went either way. Yes, absolutely. 
And you kind of figured that that was probably going to be the way it was because in the two flashbacks that we got, we get the scene where her mother actually gets shot after being put inside an escape module. Right. And then we later see her training for fighting. And of course, she just wants to hang out with her friends. But Oh, no. And the lady says, you can't trust anyone. Well, and yeah... You kind of see that in her, but at the same time, you also see that, yes, she can be a trusting person, especially with Chaz, and even with Amay, that she didn't even know. Well, I'm hoping that the trend continues, because some of our shows, it's been iffy with the lead character. Right. And sometimes you didn't get to see it this early on. Yeah. She's got a little bit of Dutch in her from Killjoys. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I wonder if it's the same writers. I didn't even look at that. Right. Yeah, it might be. I I apologize, (laughs) sci-fi. So let's talk a little bit about Isaac and Alita and Isaac's past. Like I said earlier, he's supposed to be from our galaxy, from Canada. Yes. And I love it because at some point when they're talking about the Winnipeg or the Winnie, his ship that Alita apparently, (laughs) the Peggy, sorry, that Alita apparently absconded with at some point. Right. And apparently there's a lot more past because he shot her. Right. But we don't know what's the what there. I love the fact that they're like, okay, yeah, they weren't in our galaxy, but your galaxy does exist. In fact, he's from there. We don't know how he got here. We'll figure this out. And the fact that he says, and I'm sorry, this would have been way more an American thing to me. What do you mean that it's falling apart? We fix everything with duct tape where I'm from. (laughs) It always works. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think that's my father-in-law. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just such like a weird thing to say. And the fact that they wrote that in. Right. I did actually laugh out loud when he said that. I'm in here watching and I'm just like loud bark of laughter. Right. And my husband's like, are you OK? I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. Let me rewind this. And he's like, yeah, that sounds right. Fix spaceship. Fine. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would probably say that they were probably partners at one time, and they probably had a job that went pear-shaped, and that caused the the breakup of the partnership, and then the fight over the ship is probably what got made it even worse. I'm wondering with the whole, oh, you shot me, if it was like, I did it to save you you know like if we're gonna get more on that oh i'm sure we will there definitely is a past there but at the same time i don't feel ill feelings towards each other it's kind of like they're mad at each other but they still care about each other like family yeah we'll see how that plays out yeah chaz and emma is it amay or amy like, I'm going to say her name wrong for I don't know how many, how long. Right. But Chaz was the bartender. Yep. Who, who helped out. Alita, oh. yes. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? And Amay is his sister who's a mechanic. And she doesn't believe that anybody that Chaz sends to her probably has any money. But right. she's willing to help because what the heck. Right. She's a nice person. Yes. Which I feel like they almost made her... Like, naive, but not 100%. Right, because of how she and Isaac meet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, What was it Isaac, or was it when Alita first went in? 
either way, right? There were both moments when the rest of our crew meet her. It's like, whoa, okay then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, she's, she's got a little. Um, oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue. The in, the mechanic on uh, Firefly. Oh, Jules, um, Jules Straits character. Oh I my, can't think God. Kaylee. Yeah, Kaylee. Kaylee. Yeah, she definitely. You know what? Has yeah, I can see it. Because she has that like adventure streak because she does not want to be dropped off at the next safe port because she mentions, oh, well, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done. And I'm not sure if you're going to be able to get it taken care of without me. So it's like I felt like, okay, our team is kind of coming together. Right. I don't know if I feel like there should be more than just three, but it kind of had throughout the like what we've seen, what she was doing on the ship on the ship on the space station i felt like it was a little bit of a blade runner feel too yeah very true so a little blade runner a little anime-ish i like just the mix that we're getting like oh yeah there's people from all over everybody looks weird everybody's different doesn't matter we'll just keep going i don't know i don't know (laughs) because then it gets more like in-depth which we'll talk about in a second when we had the loyalists show up and everything starts going pear shape, of course. Well, the loyalists and who are the other ones? Basically, the powers that be that I think it was the Republic of Ariopa. Yes. Like when they show up, everything goes bad. Right. And we had like craziness happen and all the ships get locked down. The space station gets locked down. The loyalists are like, oh, we have a secret way off. Really? How? The whole place is on lockdown. Right. Oh, it's a and ship they don't know about. And the people who are her loyalists, none of them look alike. Not really. So it's like, no. all right, was this like multi, was it a galactic thing? I think so. Like they don't really explain it so far. And did you get a John Candy fill for Nim? Yes. And I'm trying to figure out who that <laughs> is with Nim. Because yeah. <laughs> not just that, like the way they had the character talk. Right. Oh, I know what it reminded me of from Doctor Who, Voyage of the Dam. Okay, yeah. And I'm blanking. It, yeah, it was that really long name that I couldn't say. And I wonder if that was the same guy who played him. Just the way the voice was. Right. And again, we won't know. Not for a little while. But it was just interesting, too, and how these loyalists are literally willing to die for her. Right. I think that was really shocking for Alita because she has been on her own for so long. Yes. And like we said about Nim, the little weird, I don't know, we're going to call him a mog, even though he's probably not. He's like, everything goes boom. He has like grenades. Yeah. Where are you hiding these? (laughs) Not like you had cargo pants on. (laughs) You're just like, oh, I'm just going to pull them out of it. Did he have a pouch happening? What was going on? And then like at the end, when they're being chased under the ship and Nim gets caught in the crossfire. Alita's like, I'm going to give up everything. And Nim's like, no. Yeah. It was Nim's pleasure. And then it's like, ha ha. Like, he looks at her like, eh, look what I got. But he's really sucky throw. Yeah. Just like, because unfortunately, Lazaro manages to Escape. scuttle away and hide. Yeah. And he wasn't even that far away. No. I mean, I get it. Grenades don't, like, blow up everything. But, God, aim for him. Yeah. Should have stuck you had in a very, pocket. You had a very... Star Wars feel too through a lot of this, and we'll get into that in a second with Lazaro. Yeah, because well, Lazaro now, apparently you, hold on, is not we well. Get into Lazaro. Let, do you think we will see Nim again? Because the grenade didn't kill him. Oh, that's true. I think we will. 
But unfortunately, I think it's going to be because Lazaro has him and is and is torturing him. Right. I can and see again, that as well. I don't think Lazaro is well liked, even by his own people. Oh, hell no. <laughs> he is definitely an obsessed maniac. Yes. Because we see him have this weird knife comb thing. Yeah. He was using and talking about his dad and how bad his dad was. But then he's doing just so much worse to people. Right. And his guy's head off almost. Uh, yeah. And he's like his own soldiers. He's killing them. Right. And that's like we have that moment at the end. Oh, maybe we should call command. And he shoots him. It's like anybody else? They're like, no, no, no. They're good. But even when the whole like rescue plot is going on, it's like, okay, you're sending people out to catch this woman who you you have not been able to catch for how long? Right. And you're like, yeah, it'll be fine. So you're sending people out knowing full well they're probably not making it back if they come in contact with her. And if they do, you're going to get rid of them anyway because they screwed up. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't give that one guy a chance to explain anything. It was just like, no, boom. Right. Because this is where we get our Star Wars vibe. Star Wars and baseballs, like you said, because they switch out the uniforms and put them on. Yeah. And they even say, I think it was um, Isaac that said, yeah, it's like that old film. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's referencing it. Okay. Now, which one? He didn't say, but still, pretty much the same thing. I just thought it was, it had that comedy. But yeah, this guy, I don't even know if it gave you the, the like Darth Vader feel where it's like a menacing thing because he just almost seemed like, this is going to sound bad. He almost seemed like a joke that like he wouldn't have anybody's respect at all. Right. And people just think he's a dick, but yeah. they're going to follow him because they don't want him to kill everybody. Right. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> your mustache oh twirling bad guy yeah i don't know i i just don't know about lazaro oh yeah like we're gonna he hate just him. feels very yeah but he just feels like you're almost gonna feel sorry for him before you hate him be like and not like oh you were hurt so sorry it's like okay yeah i feel sorry for you and yeah. i know you know what i mean right because it's he's so obsessed thing. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, this guy's got problems. So I guess we'll see what happens and kind of roll with it. And I enjoyed the first episode. I did too. I, it was a lot of fun. So really hoping for so much for out of this season because we don't have Killjoys anymore. And this did have like kind of that flavor. Yes, it had the I'm comedy hoping. and the snarky comments and the similar action adventure to it. So yeah, it's... Which, if you follow us up with the magicians, you know I love Margot and her snarky comments. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I could totally get down with this. <laughs> and, yeah, Alita and Isaac. I, I don't think we're going to get too much out of Ame. No. In regards to snarky. Snark- yeah. Well, unless it comes to something on the ship, then I expect her to be pretty snarky about it. Ah, that's true. Well, why don't you let us know how you feel? Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know. We can go over it for the next episode. Let your thoughts and feels on episode one. If you've actually read the graphic novels, what you feel, like if it's translated so far, we'd love to find out. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about this show. I mean, it's just starting. Let's get a huge following right away, because I think it's going to be fun. 
And hopefully you do too. And of course, we hope you're enjoying the podcast. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlas. And I'm Steve. It's my ship. And until next time. <laughs>